Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. J.D. Romick. Can you pronounce what you're eating? We are here again with Dr. Kim Eppin uh, to expand on our series of chronic disease management in the U.S. Um, and today we're talking about a, a topic that both Kim and I are very passionate about. We we love food, we love nutrition, and we love the topic as it relates to our health and empowerment in our own health. So today we're we're just really excited to share some some tips with you, some outlooks about, you know, ways that we can be in control of our health again with nutrition. So Kim is a, a pulmonary specialist in the world of physical therapy, has worked for some major hospital organizations, is a, a lecturer and, and a professor here at George Fox, and teaches a lot about chronic illness in the U.S. So she's very well versed, also very active and very invested in her own health. So it's really fun to get to nerd out on some of these topics. So welcome back, Kim. Well, thanks for inviting me. Really excited about this. So, uh, so as I was just mentioning, you know, chronic illness in the U S is a big problem. Obviously we've got cardiovascular disease as one of the number one killers and, and cancers, diabetes, obesity, we've got stroke, which can stem from cardiovascular disease and other issues, um, as well as arthritis and some other conditions. But as it relates to causes or behaviors that lead us here, you mentioned yesterday um, or in our last talk rather that being sedentary or, or movement or lack of movement is one of these behaviors that leads to chronic illness as well as smoking. And you mentioned nutrition being one of the top ones. So let's talk a little bit about like, how do we get here? Why is nutrition such a contributing factor? Yeah. Uh, good question. Um, <laughs> it's a big I one. I mean, th that old saying, you are what you eat. I mean, I think there's truth to that. You yeah. know, um, what we put in our bodies, what we ingest. And uh, if we go back to that 80-80-80 rule that we kind of mentioned the other day, you know, 80% of healthcare is self-care. And the yeah. majority of that takes place in the bedroom, the bathroom, and the kitchen. So mm -hmm. if you think about, like, what do you do in your kitchen? What's your kitchen look like? What kinds of foods are you preparing? Um, it, it, even Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and medicine oh, wow. be thy food. You know, and you think about how food can really impact just your overall health. Um, there's so many choices that we can make out there with things that are available um, that making wise choices or making certain choices can impact your health in a positive or a negative way. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I... I I just think you probably have some things that you want to talk about before I get off on a tangent no, I, here, but I think that's brilliant. I mean, you know, I could go on a tangent too about, you know, we, we kind of created this monster with the food industry and, and now we've kind of labeled them as a villain, you know, and I don't think our food industry started off seeking to create poor quality food or highly processed food, which most of us know. No, I think it's been based around convenience. That, for sure. You know, maximizing production, crop production, right. and and maximizing the efficiency of things to make things affordable for people. Yeah. And, and also the convenience. I mean, think right. about how busy people are and they want something quick, you know, yeah. to make for supper or breakfast or right. get breakfast on the go and all the drive-throughs. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think people just sometimes maybe aren't cognizant of the decisions they're making because you're so caught up in the moment of the rat yeah. race of, yeah. of your day. And so I guess what one of the things that I'd really like to accomplish today is kind of just unravel a topic of nutrition that maybe has become really complex. Yes. Um, and just maybe simplify it and look at some of the things that maybe some of us 
know or don't know, um, some of us are doing choices that we're making that we're just almost robotically making that maybe we know that if if we, if we can understand that they have such a great impact on our health, you know, maybe these are areas that we can see some improvement in, um, if, if health matters. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the big piece is if health matters. And I think, you know, there, there are a lot of people that nutrition is not really a priority or they, they don't really see it as important until maybe they have to make some big changes in their life. Uh, but I also do think it, it is complicated. And, and one, one fact or one thing that I have heard on podcasts and, and with people that know stuff about nutrition is that there is probably no single field in, in America right now that has so much disagreement, whether that's specific diet trends, should you be eating vegan or meat? Should you be eating red meat or no meat? Like, you know, there's so many dogmatic silos of nutrition that I think it has become such a monster and people are reading things that are really hard to adhere to, or they're reading things that contradict another. And I really wanted to tease those out today or, or uncomplicate the message for people. And the biggest one you've already said is that 80% rule. If 80% of what you eat in a day is garbage or is processed, sugar-filled, artificially sweetened food, you're going to feel horrible and your body's going to respond that way. But if 80% of what you eat is real nutrient dense whole food, and we'll expand on that, I think a little bit because people's understanding of, you know, what's real and whole food, what should I do with it? How much of it should I eat? I think that can be a little bit complicated for people. So maybe we expand on that some, but you know, the 80% rule, I mean, that's just a benchmark, you know, it's not like, okay, I have to like calculate this. And you know, if a hundred percent of the time you could make healthy choices, you know, if you're one of those people, then great. But (laughs) you know, we're all human and allowing ourselves, well then go ahead and have one. But you know, the 80% rule, I think if, if you can, most of the time, you know, if you can try to make wise choices, uh, you know, back to the whole chronic disease management and, you know, my area that I've specialized in is with pulmonary disease. I see a lot of people with lung cancer and, um, all different types of pulmonary conditions. And I think across the board, science would, would suggest that vitamin or diets that have been low in vitamin C, leafy greens, Mm. um, different, a diversity of fruits and vegetables and things like that. It seems as though the risk for developing some of these chronic conditions is greater. Mm -hmm. And so it may not be that, um, you know, you may be thinking that you're making healthy choices by eating, well, I'm eating vegetables, I'm eating, you know, a well-balanced meal, I'm following, you know, what the (laughs) dietitian recommended that I eat, and I'm trying to eat vegetables. Well, the choices of types of vegetables that you eat are important. And and like, if all you do is eat cucumbers, and that's your vegetable, or if all you do is eat potatoes, and that's your vegetable, that may be what you have access to. But recognizing that a diversity of things, and especially leafy greens, and a diversity of fruits and vegetables, and different color foods that that's been shown to decrease your risk for certain types of diseases. And, you know, in no way are we trying to come here and say that there's one diet that's specific for everybody or one, right. And there's not (laughs) one style that's specific to everybody. And, and some people have underlying maybe food allergies or they respond differently to foods. They have inflammation, you know, um, maybe you've got rheumatoid arthritis and certain foods that we've mentioned already cause inflammation. So in no way are we saying that everything is the same for everybody, right? But there are some maybe tips that we can give you today or considerations on how foods might impact your health and some of what, what some of those things are. Yeah. So I love that. And, and I do want to nerd out a little bit on, you know, why, why eating this way is so important. Eating a variety of foods, especially if you have a chronic condition or develop 
inflammation or some type of triggers is that our gut is actually exposed to our environment. Not in that like it's, you know, wide open, but it is the thing that we put things from our outside environment into. When I learned or or kind of understood the fact that our immune system has more innervation or more uh, integration with our our gut and our GI tract, GI is just gastrointestinal, is that it, it's not surprising to me that when we put bad things in our body, our gut reacts poorly because it says, hey, we we recognize this as a foreign invader or this doesn't feel like it's a natural product that you're putting in here. So we might get bloated, we might feel fatigued, we might feel lethargic or or worse, maybe we develop these chronic conditions to just eating overly processed things that have pesticides and chemicals on them and it really flares up our immune response. Yeah. So I, I do agree that I think nutrition plays a huge role in the quality of what we eat and the diversity of what we eat matters because those different microbes actually eat different or they have like receptors to different foods that we eat. So if we're only eating a specific type of bean, we're not really exposing our gut microbes to other types of beans that might feed them and fuel them. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't so it know sounds like to me you're talking well. about like the, uh, it's important to eat a diversity. That's yeah. yeah. When you were mentioning a, a diverse plate of fruits and vegetables, yeah. I think that's, you know, telling as to like, why does our gut respond poorly to bad foods and really well to good nutrient dense foods? And that, yeah. you know, our, we have microbes that love broccoli, some that love cucumbers and potatoes. But if we're only eating certain ones, we're not feeding the amount of diversity that we have in our gut. Mm -hmm. So that was just something interesting that I feel like I pulled out of what you just said. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to nerd out a little bit about our gut is actually very important because yeah. it's exposed to our environment. Right. And, um, and so we need to treat it as if it's kind of sacred and yeah. we should just give it good things. Yeah. But, but yeah. So if we go back to that, like diversity of, I think you mentioned nutrient dense foods. Yes. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit yeah. about what nutrient dense yeah. means? Yeah. So there's like a, a nutrient density versus like calorie density. So nutrient dense foods are going to have more of our vitamins and minerals and things that um, maybe we get in our supplements or a vi daily multivitamin that we take. But if we're eating a, div a div diverse array of foods, we're going to get some of those nutrients rather than having to take them in a supplement. Um, calorie dense foods are, are more of like your, you know, your chicken, your eggs, your, um, kind of like those bigger, like pizza carbs, like the, the bigger calorie dense foods may not have as many nutrients in them. So if all we're eating are these big calorie dense meals, we may be missing out on some of those micronutrients that come in our diversity of foods. So fruits and vegetables and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, not to say that, calorie dense foods can't also have nutrients like eggs are one of the most nutrient rich foods that we could eat just because of the things that are contained in the yolk. But again, it's, it's kind of having that balance of eating a lot of those nutrient dense foods and not just the calorie dense foods. Mm -hmm. So like, as far as like tangible tips for people, or if you were to give somebody yeah. some advice just on assuming somebody doesn't know much on nutrition at all, mm -hmm. um, what would be your simple advice about yeah. making choices with regard to vegetables and fruits. Right. You well, have, you like, mentioned one that I, I jived with um, earlier today is you talked about eating, eating for the seasons. So if you're going to your local farmer's market, or maybe you're working with a farmer or you're able to stop by a, a grocery store that has, that collaborates with local farmers, eating the produce that is in season, 
you can do a quick Google search. If you're really wanting to make a grocery list that is consistent, some people on Pinterest probably have done it for you. You can Google fall shopping list or fall vegetable or fruit shopping list and find that the different squashes that are in season are really, can be really delicious and prepared well. So eating nutrient dense foods that are in season that you can buy locally. I know it's really difficult to buy local produce for some people. Like if they have to drive an hour or two to the grocery store, they may not be able to get groceries for the whole week. You know, we talked about this before too, is that these people that, um, don't have the resources. They're in a, a more rural area, or maybe they're in a city that doesn't have a lot of farmland. You live in a massive city, so you have to take what you can. So getting frozen or canned vegetables is also not a bad idea. You're going to get some nutrients there as well. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, and this goes back to the the types of patients that I've worked with (laughs) over the years is that sometimes uh, some of the canned options, you need to really be careful about the sodium content in that. That is true. Most of the frozen vegetables that you get, you know, they're typically frozen right away. So the nutrition is probably maintained as long as they're not frozen and then they have sauces that you're adding to them. So as far as making maybe healthier choices, um, some of the canned goods, maybe just be cognizant of reading the label and seeing how much sodium content is in those things. Because if you have congestive heart failure or problems with fluid retention or cardiovascular disease and you've been advised to have a low sodium diet, um, that would be one thing you'd want to maybe be aware of. That's an excellent point. As well as sugar content. If you get some canned fruits as well, they can be packaged in syrup rather than in in water or the fruit juice or the juices of the fruit that's in there. So just knowing that added sugar, added salt and salt can be misleading. They have different labels and different classifications of salt, very low sodium, low in sodium, light sodium. They all have different meanings. So looking at the label and checking the sodium content, I would say if it says no salt added, that's probably the best. Yeah. So probably the healthiest option if you can, and if you have access to it, is try to eat foods in their most natural state. Yeah. Um, You know, packaged as God made them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's a reason for that. You know, there's no additives. Another thing too, just a simple tip, a takeaway tip is, and this is what I do oftentimes when I'm, you know, grocery shopping is, and I just do it for fun. Sometimes I geek out on nutrition is how many items are there on the label and how many of mm-hmm. those items can I actually pronounce? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so that that's just one thing to kind of think about that right. um, if, if there are a lot of preservatives in it and, mm-hmm. you know, ask yourself, are these, am I making a wise choice? How can these things impact mm-hmm. me? Because it's, when you're ingesting those things, it's going into your body, it's going somewhere. And right. a lot of those things can maybe build up in your system. And so once again, going back to trying to simplify things, the simplest approach would be is try to eat foods in their most natural state yeah. if possible. Minimal processing, and that goes with the cooking process as well. I know one of the things my husband and I really love to do is we have a huge garden. Mm-hmm. And so we really try to grow things that um, in, in Iowa, you know, we have a, yeah. a shorter growing season than you all do out here yeah. in Oregon. But that's one way that maybe if people don't live close to or have access to uh, buying things or a way to save money. Plus, it it brings you into nature, just growing mm-hmm. things and actually putting your hands in the dirt and seeing what goes into it. And our garden's all organic. And yeah. so being able to have access to, you know, 
a salad where you walk out and you pick the lettuce yeah. and you make it yourself. And when you do that, you have such, I think, a greater appreciation right. for it. You can also practice your breathing exercises. It <laughs> incorporates like a little bit of- Watch our last episode on breathing. Activity in the yeah. mix. So you're bending over, you're getting some dynamic flexibility. Yep. And um, there's definitely something therapeutic about yeah. that is just getting back to the basics of nutrition and not being overwhelmed. And that can be gardening or whatever mm -hmm. that is for you. But um, you know, trying to take out some of the- the congestion, if you right. will, in uh, in the topic. Yeah, we're so. actually extremely lucky that we can go to a grocery store that yeah. has a lot of varieties of fruits and vegetables, even as a species, like to be able to do that right. and not have this, this massive agricultural industry that does it for us. So we can go to the store and pick out our food, but what does it mean to actually grow it yourself and have that appreciation and that gratitude and, and know that it is a, it, it's, we should be thankful that we have the ability to just yeah. go and pick out whatever we need. So, um, but I like that, that point of growing your own food, um, being mindful of what ingredients are in it. If you can't pronounce it on the label, you know, is it a form of sugar? Cause sugar goes by many names as well. And that, that would probably be another really big tip I have is the added sugars that we have in things, reducing the amount of sugar that you, you take in every day is going to be, I think, critical to overall health. Yeah. And I think there's plenty of evidence out there to show that sugar has inflammatory mm -hmm. um, process or um, it causes inflammation and systemic yeah. inflammation has been linked to chronic disease. And mm -hmm. so um, once sleep deprivation has been shown to be cause inflammation. And so if you're think about like what you're doing 80% of the time and mm -hmm. how those things your health really is a symbiotic relationship between all of the things that you're doing. And so yeah. um, if health matters or whatever health looks like to you, think about the decisions that you're making with regard to health. Um, you know, in some cases, um, health or what you eat can actually help to cure diseases. And uh, there's a couple of good books out. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever read Dr. Terry Wall's books. Um, Terry Walls, it's W-A-H-L-S, Terry Walls. Uh, she was a physician. She's actually from the University of Iowa and she oh, wow. uh, developed MS, multiple sclerosis. And she was a medical doctor, is a medical doctor, and was being treated by traditional medical, you know, medications. Yeah. And she wasn't getting any better. She was wow. getting worse. And so she started to explore nutrition as a means of an alternative way to maybe yeah. cure herself. And, and she did. And wow. she's been able to essentially reverse and keep her multiple sclerosis at bay. She has a very extreme um, approach to nutrition, but uh, she's got a couple books out that if you're interested in that, and just the idea of how, once again, let food be thy medicine and medicine mm -hmm. be thy food. I think our healthcare system has evolved in a way that people think, well, if I develop this, I can just take a medicine. Right. Well, there are side effects of medicines. And even if you take that medicine, if you are still eating a diet that maybe is lacking certain nutrients that could be in your favor that could be causing whatever yeah. condition you have or contributing to it, you're still in this mix of just managing this condition and not really getting rid of it or helping to calm the condition, if you will. So, um, you know, back to Dr. Walls, um, and I've heard her speak before, and it's very compelling when you hear, you know, somebody yeah. who's actually walked the walk and changed their complete approach to eating um, to manage a disease. And yeah. there's other books and other, you know, stories out there as well. And maybe some of our listeners have stories on how different foods mm -hmm. um, affect them as well, too. So there's compelling enough evidence to show that what you eat really does matter and yeah. can impact your overall health and well-being. So um, just back to like general concepts about making food choices. Once again, if we had to circle back to um, 
recommendations for a diversity of nutrient dense vegetables. Can you just list yeah. some of those things? Like oh what? yeah. I mean, there's, you know, obviously you said dark leafy greens, kind of your spinach is your arugula, even romaine and, and different types of lettuce can be really nutrient dense. Um, then you look at kind of your broccoli, asparagus, sweet potatoes. Like if there are things that jive really well with you, you know, if you don't like broccoli, you can eat something else. You can eat cauliflower, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, there, there's an array of dark leafy greens that if you throw them together in a salad with some protein sources and some other, maybe even you could mix in carrots, you can mix in peppers and, um, peppers, I guess for some people can be inflammatory, but we won't go down that rabbit trail of, of specific food intolerances, but you know, you've got even your mushrooms and things like that, that you can throw in a salad and, you know, make it full of goodies that it doesn't need to just be this bland, you know, boring salad, add some meat in there, add some olives, add some good sources of fat and nutrients as well. And I think, um, it doesn't have to be punishment. I guess. Yeah. So, and you can even roast vegetables. We love roasting vegetables. We love our Brussels sprouts. And of course we'll eat what's in season. So right now we're doing a lot of squash in the oven and we're roasting a lot of our food and, um, that's delicious. So anyway, those are some, some ideas I have. I don't know if you have any favorites that you like. I, you know, I'm all about eating a colorful plate and mm -hmm. I love veggies and, yeah. uh, try pretty much anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would encourage people that maybe think, well, I don't like this or I don't like that. Like really ask yourself as an adult, if you are an adult, like, <laughs> okay, let's, <laughs> how long ago was it that maybe you tried right. this and maybe you want to revisit this. Yeah. And as you maybe make some different changes in what you're eating, it's interesting, especially if you're decreasing your sugar intake, mm -hmm. like processed sugar, and maybe you're trying to decrease your sodium intake or yeah. whatever your palate can change. And it does, and, but it takes a while. It does. <laughs> yeah, it can. But like if you're eating for health, you know, it's just like yeah. taking a medicine. Like who right. wants to have to take a medicine every day? It, it, you do it because, right. you know, so once again, if you think of food, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. It's like, right. well, let me try this and see if I can maybe tolerate this. And hopefully you can get it to a point where you actually like it. But there's enough diversity out there right. to um, have foods that you, you know, enjoy. It shouldn't yeah. be punishment. My husband always says... I eat because it makes me feel good and it allows me to do the things that I want to do, like yeah. ride my bike and work construction. Yeah. And he's like, I just don't understand why people don't, why people eat things that make them feel bad, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and he's not perfect. We're not, and he'll say right. that, you know, it's not, but, um, but when you make healthy choices, it's pretty amazing how you start to feel mm -hmm. better. You start to have more energy and it just perpetuates itself. Yeah. So um, mood follows action. It's, it's kind of like yeah. movement. You yeah. know, if, if you're not wanting to exercise, give yourself a chance to exercise. I mean, I, I, I really do think it is a mindset shift. Yeah. It is figuring out, Hey, my life matters and I need to prioritize myself and not just be on autopilot and go day to day doing the same things until life hits me. And I have a condition that requires me to do this. It's that proactive, it's that self-care right. and discipline. I mean, it, it right. is really, it can be challenging. And um, well, the other, the other thing too, I was going to say is being aware of the impact that nutrition can have on your body and mm -hmm. your health and maybe take yourself off autopilot, like you said, mm -hmm. and really be cognizant of the decisions that you're making. I, you know, it, in my practice, I've seen a lot of patients. And one of the things we'll do when we're trying to help to patients to understand about nutrition or get an understanding of what they're eating so that yeah. we know kind of where to start with them to maybe help give them some helpful tips that might impact their health is keeping a food log. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, keep a three-day food log just to get an idea. It, it actually makes you cognizant of the choices that you're making. It's a simple thing it's like to do. like budgeting anything or, right. yeah, but, um, it's intention. But then in, in my experience, I've seen people say, well, I just had a coffee. I just grabbed a coffee at such and such drive-thru on the way, you know, to my appointment this morning. So I didn't have a chance to eat breakfast. And then I'll ask a leading question, like, what kind of coffee did you get? Well, I got a Frappuccino with, the, you know, oh, yeah. caramel on top and, yeah, yeah. you know, all these things. Yeah. And I start thinking to myself, okay, the sugar content, the calorie content. And, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that was probably an 800 calorie, I don't mm -hmm. know how many grams of sugar yeah. beverage when they thought, all I did was have a coffee. And right. so, you know, really being cognizant of the decisions that you're making, the choices you're making and the fact that beverages have calories in it too. Yeah. And um, they can play into or right. against your health. Yeah. And so um, back to your whole thing on sugar. Yeah. And Often we drink our calories and we drink right. our sugar and right. it's the, the fruity drinks that we don't actually think about calorie content because it's a liquid. So we don't think it's right. actually adding weight onto us. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to dive too much into the weeds of weight because I think there's a lot of emotions surrounding that. I think there's a lot of, uh, shame and a lot of, um, there's a lot more that we need to unpack about maintaining and managing healthy weight. Yeah. And weight. weight isn't always a good indicator or the best indicator of gross nutritional status. Yeah. You know, there could be something else going on. So I think the topic of nutrition that we're talking about today is really independent of what your body weight is. We're talking yeah. more about gross nutritional status um, and how you can optimize your health by the foods you eat, the right. choices that you make. And these are just some, you know, yeah. tips on foods yeah. that you can eat. Absolutely. And sugar being cut out is one of yeah. the biggest, I think, because it, it does deplete the body of nutrients. It can trigger genes to turn on that are, are not ideal. And so it, it, it could be that some of the weight gain or some of the weight issues don't actually stem from you eating too much, but it could, it be, could be due from, to sleep deprivation and, or maybe you've got obstructive sleep apnea yeah, that you don't even know right. about or, no, or metabolic syndromes that exactly. your body actually doesn't respond well to insulin. But right. again, we could talk a lot probably about just insulin and sugar in the body and, and, you know, why we're dealing with an epidemic of diabetes, because I do think it is a sugar epidemic rather than an overeating or a discipline problem with people. I think the types of foods we eat are really what we need to analyze. Right. So, you know, back to the beverage thing, hydration is important. And I think as we mm -hmm. get older, especially, um, people become a little bit more fragile in their homeostasis or hydration balance. Yeah. And so um, getting enough water yeah. throughout the day, you know, unless you've been told if you've got a congestive heart failure, if you have a medical condition where you've been told to limit your fluid, but making sure for most people to, to drink enough water throughout the day um, yeah. to keep themselves hydrated and water probably is the best way to be hydrated. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people think, you know, diet pop, I'm not getting any calories, but right. that goes back to the the whole idea of um, artificial sweeteners and what's yeah. that doing to our brain? How's that triggering our brain and so forth? So um, without going too deep into that, I think water is probably yeah. um, the best yeah, way I to stay hydrated that. and to do that throughout the day yeah. to stay hydrated. I agree. So if we were to maybe tie a bow on this with some top tips from you of okay, we got to keep nutrition simple, eating whole real foods, moving our bodies, you know, these, these health behaviors that we have, what are some things that you would recommend? Maybe your top three tips again. Well, once again, what you eat matters, you know, the choices that you make, it can either calm, cure or cause disease. Yeah. And so being cognizant of the decisions that you're making and know how that impacts your health, um, I think is, is one, definitely one tip. 
Yeah. How about you? Do you have- I mean, the big one for me is cutting out sugar and artificial sweeteners yeah. because they are in every food that we have. Um, so if you can reduce artificial sweeteners, reduce sugars, even if you're drinking two or three diet Cokes a day, maybe it's cutting down to, to one or one and a half and really getting that managed and switching to better alternatives. Um, and then another one for me is just eating that diversity of, of whole real foods, but that ties into, you know, what what you eat matters. And, and if the food doesn't have to advertise itself, you should probably eat more of it. You know, it, it, it doesn't come with a label that says eat me, but, um, but eating things as God intended going around the outside of the grocery store and looking there. Yeah. The grocery stores are set up to sabotage. Yeah, for sure. Know? So stay in the periphery, find out where the, you know, yep, where the real the, stuff the whole is. foods are. Yep. Um, and you know, and I think another tip is that 80% rule, you know, yeah. try to strive towards making healthy decisions or yeah. what you do 80% of the time and, and on a daily basis, you know, yeah. what you do on a daily basis really does have the greatest impact on your health. Yeah. Um, and you've talked a lot. We've talked, you know, offset quite a bit about right. the blue zones. So yes. and I think I, if you have some tips for yeah, the blue zones, I think those are. I agree. So the longest living cultures in the world are, are blue zones and there's five of them. Um, I don't need to cover them intensely, but if you want to do a Google search and, and check out the blue zones, they have some amazing tips for eating. They have the, the longest living people and those with the least chronic illness or prevalence yeah. of chronic illness. And it's, it really is a balance of, of movement, uh, social interaction and, and purpose and being able to downshift, but also eating yeah. is a, a huge component. And I think one of the things they suggest is to try to push yourself away from the yep. table when you're 80% Stop full. Stop eating when you're 80% full. <laughs> now yep. we're not advocating wasting food. Maybe you can put... <laughs> yes. Maybe maybe start with less food and then right. add to your plate. If you are still hungry or you know after your food and water, you're, you're not um, quite satisfied, you can get more food. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a balance, but again, nobody's perfect. No, I love Reese's peanut butter cups and, and I will probably continue to eat them, but the majority of the time I eat really well and I move my body. Yeah. So, and you know, if you're going to have a peanut butter cup, like enjoy it, like be I, in the moment and find joy in what you do oh, and yes. shaming yourself because of something you ate or you didn't eat. Like in no way are we trying to push that message? Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's just about trying to you're given one body, you know, and it's a blessing and how you treat it is really important. And that can help you then shine to other people and totally and and be a more productive, you know, spiritual, joy filled, positive light in this world. And, um, you know, that's, you're in control. The best. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Well, we're not ultimately in control. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Some Uh, of the decisions we make. God gave us autonomy for a reason. Right. Right. So if, if we, uh, use that and, and honor him with it. I think that's honestly the best that we can do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, well, thank you for listening in. If you have any questions, I know nutrition's a hot topic. Um, Kim may be on again with me another time and we can maybe address some questions if people have specific things. Yeah. But, and nutrition for healing, nutrition yeah. for performance. I mean, for athletes, yeah. obviously there are a lot more. Right. It, We're not getting too specific. Other, no, is, just yeah. general, general things to yeah. consider when making food choices. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time. This video podcast is a production of George Fox Digital. To find more material like this, you can subscribe to George Fox Talks on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Our team really appreciates your feedback in the form of likes, comments, and reviews, and we'd really love to hear what you think. To sign up for our weekly email list and to keep up to date with the latest episodes and publications, you can check us out on the web at georgefox.edu talks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.